This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Front Row Material. Mike Freeland is not here yet. Technical issues, of course. I am the Rit, filling in for Mikey Whipwreck and Jerry Lynn, who are still on sabbatical. And we've got a great guest tonight. I'm going to spare no introductions. I'm going to bring in yours rudely, Trevor Outlaw. That's Trevor, best, how you doing? That's the best you can do for an intro. Put a little bit more pizzazz on it. Okay, okay, okay. Here is the best man that has ever come out of the Nightmare Factory. Possibly the soon AEW's main attraction, yours truly, Trevor Outlaw. All right, that's a little bit better. I still maybe like a like a five and a half out of ten. So I mean, it's just over fifty percent. But I mean, you're still failing, bro. Uh, well, my other 50% is not here yet, so. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, you know? It's like every time every time somebody asks me to do one of these interviews, I always got to deal with all this uh, technical mumbo-jumbo, you know? You guys got to get your stuff together. Uh, I apologize. But, uh, Trevor, it's really great that you came on here. And, uh, well, let's get right into it. What have you been doing since uh, the pandemic is, you know, a little bit at bay and wrestling's opening up again? Yeah, now that, um, you know, the world is starting to open back up, um, I'm just trying to make a name for myself everywhere that I can, or specifically around the Midwest. Um, Chicago is my current home base right now, but ever since I've left the Nightmare Factory, um, I'm starting to branch out a little bit further, places like Milwaukee, uh, Minnesota, um, Indiana, things like that. So, I mean, my goal is to, you know, continue to grow that, but also expand further outside of just the Midwest. Um, but, you know, Hitting the ground running now that things are coming back full swing. So I got a busy I got a busy schedule coming up. Okay, and normally people wrestle in front of crowds. In mm-hmm. the pandemic, did, did you get a chance to feel what it was like not having a crowd there? And you know, how did you compensate for it? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Um, my first match was at Logan Square Auditorium, and there was like over four hundred people there. Um, so to have your first match on a freelance wrestling show and like right before the pandemic starts to then going to the world shuts down for half a year. And then it's these like speakeasy shows where it's like, you know, 20% capacity, 50% capacity. Um, If there's somebody in the room for me to piss off, I'm going to do it. You know, that's just the way that I roll. Um, The spotlight should always be on me. So it doesn't matter if there's 10,000 people in arena um 500 people or 10 people um it's it's about me when i'm in there and you know the the size of the crowd does no difference for me okay trevor i'm going to uh bring in our host that finally got here oh about time he showed up mike freeland welcome to the party you're late 
I know, I know. Having some connection issues here on my side. My gosh, you don't blame me. Blame the spectrum. So my goodness. Trevor Outlaw, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? The pleasure is all yours, sir. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. This is. This is absolutely. You know what it seems like? It seems like he knows Mr. Darius Carter. And it looks, looks like he need, I need to fall in line. Well, when you're late for the party, you're late for the party by a couple of years. Yeah, that's 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 not where you want to be. Definitely, Trevor is always ahead of the game, so I can't relate. Couldn't be me, pal. Trevor, I want to tell you this though. You, your your beard, uh, I like that. It looks really sharp, though, my friend. You are fitting not only in with the crowd, but you're even going above and beyond with that. You know, I uh, I've never been one to try to fit in with everybody else. It's just always been one of those things that I'm going to do things my way or the highway. Um, and you know, if people want to follow suit or try to follow suit, great, you know, that's cool, but it's, it's never going to be quite at the level of what I'm doing. You know, everybody in there, everybody's trying to grow a beard now on the wrestling scene, but it's like, no one's, no one's got the, uh, the beard care like I do. Maybe JTG. I lie. JTG is the only other person that I've seen that I'm like, oh wow, this dude's got a very impressive beard. But other than that, I, I don't know anybody else in the business that has a beard that parallels to mine. Okay, Trevor, you brought, you know, the beard is brought up. What kind of products do you use to, to take care of that? Me personally, I go to beardstruggle.com and, you know, get all my beard products. What do you use? What a, what a great plug you got there. Uh, a magician never reveals the secrets, you know, I, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, honestly, the biggest thing is just, you got to comb it and you got to brush it all the time. You know, you gotta, you gotta treat it like a child, you know, gotta nurture it. So beauty is pain and beauty is time. So it's, you know, it's, I mean, even when I roll out of bed, it still looks great. So it's not too, too much work. But I mean, for, you know, the average folk like, you know, yourselves, this would take a very <laughs> long time. So, but mentioned a little bit earlier about the Nightmare Factory. Mm-hmm. So what got you interested of going there, you know, to become a professional wrestler and polish up all your skills? Yeah. Um, you know, training out here in Chicago has been great. I've had great minds to learn under, um, you know, Kylie Ray being one of them, Isaiah Velasquez, you know, Bryce Benjamin, uh, Robert Anthony, like just to name a few of those guys, like, you know, you're anywhere in the Midwest, like, you know, who those people are. Um, and I got really great training there, but you know, the world, the world was shut down and it was even harder to get on shows, um, and making a name for, for myself being new in the business, but especially doing that in the pandemic. And, I tried to maximize every opportunity that I had. And I feel like I did that in a lot of ways, but I knew that if I wanted to get to the level in professional wrestling that I want to get to, um, and to be able to have the caliber of matches that I want to, and, and, you know, high, high level opponents that I could learn from, um, as well as Barris, obviously, you know, I needed to go somewhere like the nightmare factory. And it just seemed everything fell into place in terms of like the timing to go, um, you know, getting out, getting out of Chicago and, and, and making my way over to Atlanta, you know, the world was open up there kind of when I got there, um, things like literally just opened up right when I got back here to Chicago. So like the timing of it, like I said, it was just, it was just perfect timing. Okay. So I had a little training in Chicago, compare that to the nightmare factory. Was Mm. it more, you know, set up with, okay, we're going to do this drill, this drill promo class. Or, or how would it com- compare and contrast? I mean, it just depend. It kind of um, depended on the day and the week. You know, uh, as each week progressed, there, you know, there's something different that's a focal point for that day or for that week that we're working on. 
uh, the things at the factory were a lot of basics heavy, um, which is good because I don't think enough people in wrestling nowadays have really good fundamentals. Uh, I think a lot of people on the indie scene are, are trash, to be honest with you. And they want to, you know, showboat to the fans and be, you know, show ponies and look at all these flips that I can do, but they don't know how to work a damn wrist lock. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but you know, going to a place like the nightmare factory where it's like focusing on those fundamentals, but making them your own. Um, it just really, it just really kept polishing me the way that I, I felt like I needed to, to get to the next level. And, you know, now that shows are coming up, I'm getting big name opponents. So I'm kind of being thrown to the wolves, but I needed to be ready for that. And there was no place that was better for me to go to than the nightmare factory for that. Now you've been known for your promos. The mic skills are impeccable. Did they work on that with you there? Or is that just something that comes natural to you? Um, it was something that came natural to me. You know, I, all of those people that I named in, in terms of who've trained me here in Chicago, they're all fantastic wrestlers. Um, they, they, you know, I've, I've heard them all cut promos as well. And they're all good talkers, but um, that wasn't something that was really taught here in Chicago and that was really focused on. Um, you know, you look at the scene out here and everybody has these incredible move sets that they're able to, to pull off and, um, you know, faster paced styles, but I'm the guy that punches you in the face and slows the match down, you know? Um, so getting away and going somewhere else where I know that I have this, this larger than life presence, right. But it's like, how do I control it? How do I, how do I package it? Um, in a way that's marketable, you know, and I think that was something that the promo classes and that wasn't even necessarily just the promo classes, just, you know, figuring out who I am, uh, while I was there really, really helped to put that all together. But, you know, it was, it's a combination of both. Like the short answer to, to that is it's a combination of both. Trevor, let me ask you something here. We you know when it comes to promos, staying on that topic here, who do you feel like, you know, really did a great job cutting a promo uh, when you were watching other people. Um, was there anybody who stood out over the years that you said, man, I really like their style. I li really like the way they do things. Um, like, are you asking that in terms of like my level, like as a wrestler or somebody like, you know, long time before me? Well, what a, like is somebody that you looked up to before you got into, uh, into the business itself. Yeah, I mean, I've never really looked up to anybody. I've kind of just always looked out for numero uno over here. Um, you know, it's just kind of always been that. It's always had to be that way. I've always had to figure things out for my own. So I don't really waste a lot of time looking up to others um, because then I find that I would be trying to shape myself like somebody else that I'm not as opposed to myself. And I think a lot of other people do that. You know, it's when most of these times I see people get asked a question like that. You know, they're, they're going to say... Um, oh, you know, their biggest inspiration is Eddie Guerrero or something like that. But then they're going to start doing Lucha. Like, of course, they're going to do, you know, what their favorite is instead of just like, you know, it's it's easy to, to, to watch and repeat monkey see monkey do, but it's hard to be original. Who do you think is really good right now in the game? That's a tough question. Honestly, there's not a lot that really catch my eye and stand out. You know, I think so many things happen and so many things change in today's day and age that I really don't think there's one person um, really on top of things. I mean, if, the, if I had to pick absolutely one person, I'd probably say someone like Roman Reigns. Cause I mean, you know, he's a tribal chief, you know, he's um, but other than that, like I can't really nail one person down. This is like one of the craziest times I've ever seen in wrestling in my life that it's like, 
everybody's just competing at such a higher level that it's really hard for one person to stake their claim as top dog. Do you think to make yourself stand out, and this is kind of a an open-ended thing, to make yourself stand out, it's better to be able to speak on your own, or do you think that having a mouthpiece works just as well? What do you, what are your take on that? I mean, my take on it personally, you know, I I've I've kind of worked on both sides of the spectrum with it. You know, I I prefer being able to talk for myself. You know, I think that in this in the sport of professional wrestling, a lot of these people want to do all of these things, but they don't know how to, you know, they, they want to walk the walk, but they can't talk the talk. You know what I'm saying? And for me, you know, talking the talk has been my since that's my, my thing since birth, you know. And I don't I've never needed somebody else to say what's on my mind. I understand that not everybody's the same way. Some people need somebody else to relay things for them. Um, but, you know, I'm an alpha, you know, that's just the type of person I am that it doesn't bother me being one to stand up. But on the contrary to that, you know, I recently started working with Frank the Clown mm-hmm. um, and he's, you know, him managing me over at uh, Zello Pro, you know, he's not necessarily my mouthpiece. You know, we both are guys who can be megastars. We're both guys who can talk, but to have somebody in your corner when you need it, because let's face it, this business is shady. You know, it's full of shysters. Someone's going to try to screw you over at every turn. People portray me out to be this gigantic prick, but at least I'm straightforward with my intentions. You know, other people try to, to, you know, panhandle to the fans and then they turn on last second. Like it's, it's, it's so fake. So, Trevor, what actually got you into wrestling? Was it, you know, something, somebody that watched it with you when you were younger? Or, you know, was it something you just flipped through the channels and you're like, wow, you know, what's this? Um, you know, I wrestled I wrestled when I was younger, um, in, in, like amateur in high school. Um, and the discipline that it took to be able to be an athlete and be able to compete at a high level, um, I missed that. And that kind of is what drew me to professional wrestling. Um Obviously, it's, you know, it's a lot different than mat-based wrestling, but I've always watched wrestling when I was, you know, I, I watched WWE and things like that when I was a kid. I was a big TNA guy, um, like the late 2000s, early 2010s, and I don't know, you know, I, I always enjoyed watching it, but I never put two and two together for myself that, like, maybe this is something that I wanted to do, um, but what really actually got me into it was when I was in college, my, my senior capstone project. Um, I put a wrestling ring in an art gallery and I wrestled one of my buddies and that was kind of what got me the bug that I was like, maybe I can do this. You know, um, there was like 50 people that showed up to it and that's like 50 people randomly showing up to some art building and on a college campus with no idea what the hell wrestling is. You know, I thought, all right, maybe if I actually like focus everything into this, I can do this. And here we are now. So sitting there you got that itch you got the bug so how was it did you start looking for schools or you know did you know somebody to get to get you your foot in the door to to start or or how'd that come about um you know it was one of those things that i came when i came home from college i went to uh pro wrestling tees one day and you know it was my first time in the actual store uh one of the guys that was working there was telling me about oh there's this company running a show tonight called freelance wrestling i was like all right cool i'll go check it out And I was like, yeah, man, you know, it'd be really cool if there was a wrestling school around here. And he goes, oh, there's a ring in the back. And um, for for a long time, the Pro Wrestling Tees slash Freelance Wrestling Academy was there. Um, So I found out about it. I went to the show. I met the head trainers, Kylie and Isaiah. 
And I was like, you know what, give me a few weeks to get my situation figured out and I'll be training there. And then the rest, you know, it just, it just fell in everything, everything that I've done in wrestling so far, it's been very poetic that it's just kind of fallen into my lap. Um, so I didn't even really have to do extensive research to find, you know, somewhere. And luckily I found one of the best places to go in the Midwest. Breland? In Chicago, which is kind of a, a big name for, for the wrestling area, a lot of people, it's it's destination. You know, you know there's Warrior Wrestling, there's AAW, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, is there any individual promotion that you have really enjoyed or that you have a lot of respect for that either you have worked for that you'd like to go back or somebody that you haven't got a chance to work for yet that you would like to introduce yourself to their audience? Yeah, I think I would like to wrestle for pretty much everywhere um, in Chicago at least once. Um, I think AAW might be AAW and like CSW, I think, are like the only two places that I haven't been. Um, I've done a lot of stuff with Warrior Wrestling's pre-shows. I'll actually be wrestling there in a couple of weeks on the last Stadium Series show. Um, but I, you know, freelance is always going to be my home promotion. Um, they were the first people to give me a shot. They were the first people to, you know, teach me the ropes. Um, I might not like all of the kids that I train with, you know, I've got a lot of problems with people that I train with. I don't get along with others too well, but I still love the school and I still love, you know, the, uh, the talent that we're putting out because everybody's hungry, everybody's working hard. Um, so freelance is definitely a top one. And I, you know, warrior is a good place too. Um, they are a company that's non-for-profit mm-hmm. all of the money that's made outside of paying, you know, all of the talent people that works there goes into the actual school where the event's at. Like it goes into like scholarship funds for the students. So, I mean, you know, people say I'm a bad guy, but I've got a soft spot for the kids in some regards. So what are some faux pas that, you know, that really kind of bother you when you get in the ring with an opponent? Is there anything that you, you look at and they do (laughs) any, anything that annoys you about, what did you call it? A faux pas? Did I say faux pas? Yes. What the hell is that? I don't know if they, that we don't have those where I'm from. <laughs> is there anything that an opponent would do, we'll say, that will just get under your skin that will just drive your intensity up even more? Oh, yeah. I mean, every time somebody kicks out of a big move of mine, it drives me absolutely nuts because it's like, I'm just going to keep kicking your ass. Like, just stay out. <laughs> just let it be. Um, but I get annoyed very easily with people. You know, it's it's – it's no secret that um, I have a certain attention to myself that I draw in from others and people, when they wrestle me, they see that. And now they're kind of starting to latch onto it and they're leeching on it and they're trying to, they're trying to get that rub from, from me, but it's like, you're not going to get that. You know, I'm not going to let anybody get over at my expense. I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest snake in this game and I, nobody will out snake me. Not a chance. Do you feel like anybody's uh, kind of gotten the rub from you, per se? Um, Kid Bandit from this Nightmare Factory Showcase. You know, I'm, I uh, gave him the best match that he'll probably ever have in his career. He can thank me for that later. Um, so right now, him, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's public enemy number one to me right now. It kind of makes me sick that everybody's putting him over for how great he is and how wonderful Kid Bandit is. He looked okay because he was in there with somebody like me. That's just the fact of the matter. When it comes to kayfabe and wrestling nowadays, it seems like it's almost a lost art. There's a lot of people who will treat it nowadays more so, you know, once I'm in the ring, once I'm 
performing, once I'm doing my thing. But it seems like there's some other people, and I would include you into that conversation, that it is not just something. It is everything. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how that kind of came to be. Is this another one of those dumb phrases that you got from where you come from? With hey, I got great phrases. K-fade? K-fade, what is that? Some dumbass insider term that people try to... Cincinnati guys. I don't know. That's that's a dumb question. There's no lines to blur. What you see is what you get here. You know, this is this is I am unapologetically myself. Um, you know, sometimes being a prick is marketable and makes money. And I can't help I can't help it. You know, people want to boo me and they want to say all this, but you know, they're buying my merch, you know, they're coming up to me and they're praising me at the table. So it's like I don't know, you know, I don't know, I don't know what, what you know, these weird terms you're talking about are, but so great. Let, let me, let me position it this way then for you. What would you say it is that makes you so much better than everybody else? What is it? Is it one thing or is it everything? No, it's a plethora of things. I mean, to start off. That's the, a big word. The, the, yeah, well, I'm, I'm educated. What do you expect? A, of course, of course I know big words. I know big words that normal people actually know as well. Um, none, none of these weird made-up worms like FOPA and kayfabe, whatever the hell that is. Touche. Oh, I'm sorry. You're getting me riled up. What was your question again? What is it that makes Trevor Outlaw so much better than everybody else? Is it oh, yeah, one thing right. or is it, it was, many things? It, it was the plethora of things. That was the that was the word of the day for you. That's right. It is a plethora of things. Um, start off the, the level of confidence that I exude. It's, it's unmatched. You know, I walk out from that curtain and people say, oh, wow, he's a star. He's a star in the making. Um, duh, no duh. You know, I know who I am. I know what my worth is when I walk out there. Um, tell me somebody else that walks around in cheetah print clothes and, and tights and makes it look as good as I do. There's nobody. And when I'm in that ring, I beat the hell out of my opponents mercilessly. Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. Here's the thing. I've watched professional wrestling my whole entire life. You don't win them all. You know, it's just, it, you just can't, you know, even if you're Goldberg, Goldberg lost eventually, but it's, it's, how do you how do you keep yourself on top even through wins and losses? You know, and I'm I think I have an ability to keep myself on top no matter whether if I win or lose. And there's not a lot of people in wrestling that can do that. I don't think there's anybody else right now besides me that can do that, to be honest with you. Well, you sit there and said that you have confidence when you come out there. First time coming through the curtain, was was there all that confidence there? Or, you know, did you have those little little butterflies that some people say they have? Uh, there was a little bit of butterflies at first, you know, it's, it's your first time going out there and, and doing something that you, you work hard for, um, you know, no matter what kind of person you are, that's going to affect you in some sort of way. Um, and I went out there, I didn't go out there with an intention to win the crowd over, you know, I went out there with an intention to win a wrestling match. Um, and I won the crowd over somehow, you know, they were cheering me. I personally, I prefer I prefer when they tell me how much they hate me because I don't need, I don't need all the pandering. I don't need, come on, let's go. And all that hokey BS, you know, let me focus on beating the hell out of my opponent. And if you want to try to piss me off with your, with side chatter and, and trying to heckle me, that's fine. I'm just going to take it out on the guy that I'm, that you want to see win. And it just makes things worse for them. How do you feel about when the kids come to the shows? Do you like the kids coming out to the shows? I mean, are you, uh, <sighs> I can't, I can't uh, say on the, on this, on this podcast, the things that I want to say, but FTK sometimes, you know, seriously, <laughs> kids are the worst. Um, and honestly, it goes to bad parenting. Okay. You know, 
I'm one of the lucky ones. Unfortunately, my mommy and daddy didn't love me too much as a kid, um, but I turned out great, you know. But some of these other kids, man, you know, they they come up and they've got potty mouths and they they'll say they'll say meaner and worse things to you than you know grown adults will. Um, but at the end of the day, they're children, and as soon as one of them says something that might irritate me a little bit, I just look at that kid and I just imagine myself just kicking him across the football field. Um, and I'm able to keep my cool, you know, it's, it's, it's still a show, you know, you gotta, you gotta put on for the kids so that you can, you know, the, the promoters will want to bring you back. You know, if I'm fighting children, it might be a little bit of a PR issue. Um, and they might not want to bring me back. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at biting my tongue in that regard. Well, Trevor, you're in there with your opponent. Are you the type of guy that wants to, Hey, we're going to call it out there. Or are you the guy that's going to, Hey, we're going to sit there and do this, 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 and this. I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to get go for the finish. Over. I mean, my the way matches work for me with my opponents is I get to the venue. I ask who I'm wrestling if I don't know. But now it's, it's pretty much a demand of mine. You tell me who I'm wrestling in advance and you advertise it. Because why wouldn't you advertise something like me? Uh, I get to the venue. I see who my opponent is. I look at him. I say, hey, me and you tonight? He says yes. I say cool. See you out there. I'm going to kick your ass. And then I go out there and I kick his ass. Simple as that. What do you do when things may, might not go exactly the way you would hope for them to go for in the ring? What's Brother, your, I'm uh, from the south side of Chicago. You think I'm not adaptable? You don't, you think I can't handle anything? Please. You know, so you, you, you've been in your fair share of street fights than I assume. Oh yeah. You know, things aren't always going to go your way. You need to be ready to defend yourself at all times. And sometimes, Sometimes somebody's going to get another upper hand on you. You know, I, I Conor McGregor is one of the best fighters in the world, but I've seen him get his ass kicked. You know, it happens. Um, I think people who can't accept the fact that they're going to lose a fight every now and then, um, they they get so wrapped up in that thought and that they're like, oh God, what do I do if if you know if I can't if I can't hit this awesome move? Like, learn how to fight, then, dude. Like, <laughs> it's not. I don't know. You know. Professional wrestling isn't hard as hard as people make it out to be. You know, being a star is very easy if you exude that type of power, um, which I do. So you know, it comes easily. But I don't. I don't really get off of my game too much to to give you like a concrete answer to that question. Well, you mentioned you're from the South Side of Chicago, so I'm taking a big White Sox fan. Yes, sir. The Cubs are imploding right now, and it is. Oh, uh, it's it's wonderful. I love it. I love it. Bye, bye, Rizzo. Bye, bye, Brian. You know, so, goodbye, Cubbies. They're so they're done. You've been to plenty of ballpark games. I'm I'm guessing there in Chicago. Yeah, uh, especially you know that's kind of been something that I've I've always enjoyed doing since I was a kid out here in Chicago. Um, since COVID, obviously, that hasn't been a thing. But you know, since I got back from the factory, I've gotten to go to a couple of games actually, um, and they won every game that I've been to. I've been to three games now, so I'm starting to think that I might be the luck charm, but. I don't want to be uh, – I don't want to steal Paul Heyman's thing by saying spoiler alert, but um, I think the White Sox are going to the World Series this year. Well, quite possibly. They get past heard my, it, you heard it here first, folks. Hey, if they get past my Red Sox, we can talk. Please. That will be a breeze. Uh, Trevor, let me ask you this question. You, you exude- hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
before you ask me this question, I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Are you are you going to keep using made up words or are you going to talk like a grown up now? I would hope that I do. And if I don't, I apologize ahead of time. All right. Well, Mr. Outlaw. Give it your best shot. You exude a lot of confidence. So obviously when you're not inside the wrestling ring, how does Trevor Outlaw handle himself when he's maybe out and about? Do you find that you uh, the ladies gravitate towards you? They do, but you know, there's uh, there isn't uh, one in particular right now that has swayed my heart or uh, locking me down, as as we would say. I've got a lot going on right now in terms of my wrestling career, and my career comes first. Um, outside of you know being a wrestler, there really isn't much else outside of it because it does take up so much time. Um, all of the training, you know, all of the time in the gym, meal prepping, you know. I, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to, to maintain this. Um, yeah, it's easy for me now cause I've been doing it and I'm, you know, it, it already helps that I'm, I'm good looking to begin with, but, um, it's not easy work, you know, being a, being a wrestler is a 24 seven thing, you know, being ready to do interviews like these, um, promoting future matches, you know, making promos. I know a lot of other people have a lot more free time in wrestling because they don't know how to talk. So they don't know how to promote themselves. They're not doing promos. I'm doing promos every week. You know what I mean? I'm doing them almost every day at this point. So it's like, there's always something to do. But if I do have like down, down time, um, mostly just hanging out with my dog, man. He's, uh, he's my number one. Have you ever thought about uh, getting on Cameo? Has that ever crossed your mind? I mean, obviously the, the, the looks mm -hmm. are definitely there. The speaking ability is definitely there. It's a great way to reach more people. Ever thought yeah, about especially now that I'm getting my name out there, that's not too bad of an idea, huh? I uh, I actually just signed up for Shoot. Um, it's a new. It's basically Cameo, but it's via Pro Wrestling Tees. So uh, when we do plugs and stuff at the end, I'll be able to plug that. Uh, if you want me to cut a promo on you folks, you want me to ruin your day? Do you want me to ruin somebody else's day? Do you want me to tell your mother she sucks? Hit me up on Shoot. Nice. So promos. Is that something you say you practice daily? You know, you do them daily. Is that something you do? Like, you know, you're driving in the car, you, you're, you're practicing your promo. No, 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 no. Car promos? No, 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 no. That is <laughs> so tacky. That is so cliched. That is so effortless. Um, no, it's no, 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 no. I'm always somewhere. Um, you know, luckily, Chicago is a very beautiful city, the concrete jungle that is here. Um, there's places to go. And you can get amazing backdrops, um, amazing street art that I can, you know, just look at and places that I go to that nobody knows about where I just, you know, think about things and kind of just, you know, plan what my next, uh, what, what's my next attack going to be. But, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm practicing promos. It's just that I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working so much now. I'm, I'm working at least two to three matches a weekend. So I'm going to have something to say for everybody because I don't want anybody to be left out. I want everybody to know that I hate them all equally. So I take that time. I go that I take that extra step to, you know, belittle my opponent beforehand because I'm in their heads. As soon as you see that Trevor Outlaw cuts a promo on you, I'm in your head because you you know that you can't say anything back. And even if you do, it's not going to be a fraction of the the level of what I said. I, I will have already I've already dug too deep into the jugular for the, for there to be a point of return. Well, it also could be taken in the other way. Once you you know you cut a promo on them. They can say, "Damn, I made it! I got, yeah. I got a code promo cut on me by Trevor Outlaw. I, I'm, I must be a somebody." I guess. I mean, if you want to make these bozos feel special, sure. Like you know, 
consolation prize or what is it? Uh, what is it? Participation trophy. Trevor, let me ask you this question. So, you know, you're in Chicago. It's it's one of the trendiest cities out there. I mean, you got your Los Angeles and your Miamis and your New Yorks and whatnot. Uh, what kind of stars try to hit you up and want to spend some time with Trevor Outlaw? I'm sure that there's a huge list. Yeah. Um, somebody that I've had my fair share of qualms with before in the past was Effie. Um, but now, whenever he's out in Chicago, whenever I'm out in Atlanta, we've got each other's back. Um, you know, I, I had to share the spotlight with Effie, and Effie showed me that he's probably the one person that I would have to share that that spotlight with because the star power that he exudes is is top tier. And um, you know, I've learned a lot from him. You know, we're very different people, but there's a lot to be learned from someone who carves their own path um, and the way that he does it. I have a lot of respect for that, um, and I don't respect a lot of people, especially in this business. So. Um, that's one, but I mean, other than that, you know, I don't really, um, hang out with a, a lot of like big names or, you know, any of that, because I'm quite frankly, I'm becoming one and to spend my time, um, with anybody that's just going to bring me down or take away from me, not worth it. Actually two people, I'm sorry, Frank, the clown and Effie, because Frank and I are, you know, we're two peas in a pod, but we you know we're both businessmen just doing our thing. You know, when we're not working together, we're both making a name for ourselves out on other ventures. And I think that's something that really speaks volumes for itself that whether together or apart, we both know that we're bona fide stars. You're definitely a well-articulated individual. Uh, you speak well, you carry yourself well, but I got a question for you, Trevor. If you were to determine what makes you more violent, is it your muscles and your fists or is it your mouth? What inflicts more pain on an opponent? Ooh, okay. Because I was gonna say that was about to be really stupid. Like, obviously, like I'm going. To I ask a lot of stupid ones. I have to apologize. Somebody up, you know. If I'm physically beating somebody up, then obviously that. But um, you know, kind of going back to what I was talking about a couple of minutes ago is that psychological game. Um, psychological warfare is a mofo, and I have it mastered. You know, like I was telling you, I'll cut a promo on somebody, or I'll let them know, like, hey, I'm gonna kick your ass tonight. You know getting in somebody's head is very important. And I learned this in amateur wrestling. You could tell a lot about a wrestler based on the kind of wrestling shoes they even wore. Um, so you would never catch me wearing the cheap ones because I held myself up like a champion. And I beat a lot of people because when they see what you bring to the table, you know, you can, you can verbally eviscerate somebody and that's step one in breaking them down. Then they see that you're breaking them down in the level of confidence that you have versus where they're at after you started to tear them down. They're broken down a little further. Then you get in the ring with me. Then I beat the hell out of you. You're all you're all the way at the bottom, brother. You're six feet under. There, there's no coming back. You are savant with your words and muscles, my friend. It is an honor to have a question like that answered. It, you know what? The honor is all yours, my friend. Let me also throw this out here with you. You know, when it comes to wrestling, that's something that is your main priority right now. But, I mean, I think anybody who's a somebody would probably be smart enough to know that, as you mentioned earlier, a guy with your looks and your fashion sense, obviously there's got to be something that's even higher than that. Would movies, television, where do you think Trevor Lawrence, or Trevor Lawrence, wow, my goodness. Wrong I, for a second, I actually had Clemson on the mind. Where do you think you would end up? Oh, man. You're going to have to edit that in post. Boy, you, uh, you just, there's an invisible pistol right in front of you. And yeah. you just keep taking it and just, pow, just shooting yourself in the foot, brother. 
Um, you know, I think life, there's a life after wrestling for everybody. You know, um, I'm not going to wrestle forever. I'm going to become a star in this business. I'm going to make millions and millions of dollars. And then I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Uh, probably not South Beach because Florida sucks, but you know, I'm going to pull a LeBron, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make my bread. I'm going to take my seat at the throne and then do whatever I want. Um, I do think that someone with my level of, of charisma, my ability to find cameras, my just overall damn good looks, you know, I do think I should be um, in the entertainment business after wrestling doing what specifically, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't want to say, Oh, maybe I'll just start a podcast. Cause you know, there's a lot of people doing that and I would rather belittle everybody else on their own than, you know, have to put time forth and effort on my own to, you know, bring people in to belittle. I'd rather have them bring me in. It's the, it's the difference between demanding and commanding attention, you know? Well, Trevor, you, you mentioned earlier, uh, one promotion that you haven't worked for yet is AAW and well, they're pretty good friends of the of the show here. What would uh, what's the big urge of you know you wanting to to get there and and you know get that spotlight on you there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think AAW is when one of those companies that's just they've been around for such a long time. Um, there's a rich history and there's a a certain level of pride of being able to say that you've wrestled for that company. Um, while it's not my home promotion here in Chicago. That was the first independent promotion that um, that I'd ever seen live. You know, when I was younger, I my idea of the indies, I thought if it wasn't WWE, like TNA was the indie, and like it was, but it was still on TV. Um, I didn't really know the indies were a thing until I went to an AAW show, um, and I really want to wrestle on Bourbon Street. You know that that venue in particular, uh, like I said, it was it was the first independent wrestling show that I ever got to go to, and I got I had a lot of good memories in that building, so to wrestle there would be really cool to wrestle for them at Logan square would be awesome too, because you know, Logan square auditorium, like that's, that's about to be my actual home home venue, regardless. I mean, it's still, it'll always be because that's the first match I had there, but um, yeah, you know, it's just, I want to, I want to say that I've been everywhere. I want to do as much as much as possible because I know I won't be on the Indies very long. Um, it, you know, screw me for saying that, but I just, I just know that I won't be on the Indies for a very long time. I, I don't know where I'll go, um, but whoever gets me, they're smart for signing somebody that has the star power and potential that I do. Um, and maybe it won't even be in wrestling. Maybe, maybe I'll leave wrestling and go do something else. You know, maybe I'll hop into the Hollywood aspect of things sooner rather than later. But you know, every major place in Chicago before I leave, before I leave the Indies. You know, looking at your body of work and obviously your body itself, as you said before, you're definitely a very fashionable person. Where does Trevor Outlaw get his gear? Where do you go? Is there somebody in particular that you hit up and say, listen, I need custom stuff. I, I can't just be wearing what all the other schmoes are wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of, that, none of that Amazon, Amazon.com Lucha gear type. No, 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 no. Um, the only person that will ever make gear for me is Fuerza Gear. Um, you can go to fuerzagear.com. If you have a gear inquiry, go there. I don't know. I'm sure all of the wrestlers are going to listen to this because the, the business follows me. Um, but they're the only person people I'll go to. You know, they know they know my fashion sense. You know, I I go get measured before every pair I get, you know, because obviously I keep beefing up. But I don't want anybody else to touch me. You know, I, I look at somebody like 
Soy Takeda um, out in Japan. You know, they make all the New Japan guy stuff. This guy's level of where's Flair's level of work, I would say, for the United States is probably the best in the U.S. Um, so I will never go anywhere else besides them. It's interesting you brought up Japan because there's so many people who started out in the United States and gone over to Japan and done incredibly well and had great careers. Is there anybody right now that you think that you could tear it up with in New Japan right now where you think that the audience would be really lucky to see you tear it up with somebody over there? I mean, Okada's got to be my number one. You know, that's everybody's number one. I mean, he's the best wrestler in the world. You know, that guy That guy doesn't have to talk, and he his presence alone exudes that star power that, oh, it gives me, uh, you know, it gives me the googly eyes, and I'm like, I want that. Um, so, I mean, he's my number one for sure. But, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that wrestle in Japan that I would love to mix it up with. Um, I've been so focused on the independent scene in the U.S., over the last, you know, two years, year and a half since I started wrestling, that um, I haven't been able to keep up with their product as much. But there's definitely a lot of guys out there that I would like to wrestle. I mean, I know Shingo Takagi is another one. Um, you know, Tanahashi is a legend. Um, I think, I even think Takahashi and I, and Time Bomb and I would have a good one because we're both just larger than life and just wacky, looking fresh, you know, just, just a bunch of handsome dudes going at it. You'll love to see it. Has there been ever been anybody who you after you've worked with they've not only thanked you but they've had some words to say to you regarding how great you are in the ring itself? Is there anybody who stands out that said, "Wow, they uh, they really understand the greatness that Trevor Outlaw is"? Davey Bang, uh, he's another local guy. I come up with I came up with here in Chicago. Um, Oddly enough, we haven't had a singles one-on-one against each other yet, but we've wrestled against each other in tag team matches against him and his partner, uh, August Matthews. They're the Bang Bros. Uh, yes, exactly like what you think. <laughs> and I've wrestled against them in, with various different partners. I've wrestled against them in different multi-man matches, but uh, Davey Bang is somebody that has an incredible, incredible upside in terms of his wrestling ability, uh, but he doesn't have that star power. He does not have what it takes to be a star in this business yet, yet. Um, he's somebody that when it comes to that in ring, you know, we're pushing each other. Um, I hate his guts. I, I absolutely hate him, but I love him for the fact that he pushes me harder than anybody else does. And I do the same for him. So, you know, I'll never thank him because it's, you know, I wouldn't going to thank someone. Thanks for showing up and working hard today. Like, no, that's, that's stupid. I'm not going to pat you on the back for trying, but you know, I've given him a lot and he's seen a lot from what I do and, and how quickly I'm rising to the top of the Chicago and Midwest scene that, you know, he's he's uh, he's thanked me a few times for for showing him the right way. But rest assured, I'm going to get that singles match with him soon and I'm going to really slap him silly. He's, he's uh, he'll thank me. He'll thank me again because it'll be the greatest ass kicking he'll ever get in his life. So so would you say he is your. You know, Stone Cold with you being the rock, where where you guys got that heated rivalry. Yeah, because it doesn't stretch to one promotion in particular. Um, This is bigger than any independent promotion between him and I. It's it's the entire business um, and everything that we stand for in wrestling. You know, we're always going to have that competitive edge. Um, He got he got a taste of things at freelance before I did. 
And that really rubbed me the wrong way. I don't care if he's been training longer than I have. You know, I don't care if he does more flips in the ring than I do. Um, if, you know, a wise man once told me, if you're not in the main event, slash their tires. And one of these days, if I'm not in that main event and he is, I'm going to slash his tires. And if it's him and I in the ring against each other, I'm going to slash his throat because I'm going to kill him from the front. So, so what's that one thing that Davey Bang does that pushes you to the limit every time you're in the ring with him? It's, you know, the stupid, I mean, the stupid ass energy drinks, like that should be considered a performance enhancer. You know, who, who allows somebody to go mid-match to, to slam 300 milligrams of caffeine during a match, get all cracked out. And it's, it's, it's like watching somebody on bath salts, you know, trying to fight somebody <laughs> off. That's not fair. I should get like a knife to protect myself, you know, but no, I, I, I have to learn how to you know, keep him grounded. And I usually do that. So by the time that he drinks that stupid thing, or I'll just kick it, I just kick it away and then it spills everywhere. And watching, watching the, the fear in his face as his one life source just goes away. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's poetic, if you will. I think there's no doubt that you are an alpha. Uh, it, it comes across the, the minute somebody meets you. Good observation. If- if you were, you know what, Mr. Outlaw, I appreciate that. Thank you. The one, that's, that's the one thing you've come to the table with correctly today, right off the bat. Congratulations. I am, I am here to redeem myself and to get your respect, and that's the only thing that should be on my mind. You'll never get, point. you'll never get my respect. Nobody has my respect. But you know what? Maybe we'll get you one of those lovely participation trophies. How about that? That's a nice consolation. I would be forever grateful. When it comes to factions, mm-hmm. if Trevor Outlaw was to put together his ideal faction, and this can be anybody from any era. What would be a group of people that would be worthy to be an outlaw? Ooh. Owen Hart, rest in peace. Um, I he's my he's my goat. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, I think the run that he had in 1994. When he finally put his foot down and said, like, I'm not living in my brother's shadow. I'm better than him. Um, really spoke volumes to me. So he's he's my number one. Probably CM Punk. You know, we're both Chicago guys. Um, you know, the, the early 2010s when he was, you know, he was the same way. He didn't take shit from anybody. Um, and that's something that I really, you know, I admire and I look up to. And I mean... The man made millions and millions of dollars by, you know, basically telling everybody else to shove it. You can't, you can't do much better than that. Um, maybe, let me see if there's like a tag. Is there a tag team? Nah, just them. Just them. Maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin too. Those are my three. But other than that, you know, that's it. I don't like anybody else that's out there today. You know, if, if, if you're able to compete against me now, I hate you, and you have a target on your back. You know, obviously, you are wearing the leopard print it, very stylishly, by the way. It's something it's that very a, very few people could pull off. You know, it's just uh, it, another day. My friend, you wear it well. Uh, but there's a friend that we know that wears a, a Burberry scarf, uh, Mr. MJF. Let me ask you this question. If MJF walks up to you and starts to put you down, how do you respond to somebody like that who also equally is very, very good on the mic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's there's definitely a lot of similarities between the two of us. You know, I'm not going to act like uh, I'm not going to act like I'm naive. You know, I follow the product. Um, 
I know he pisses a lot of people off too. I think it's a shtick. You know, I think he's, I think he is so great at exploiting people under pressure on live television, but I think behind the scenes, I think he might be a putz because I'll say the same things to somebody backstage that I'll say on live television in front of anybody. Um, and if he tried to put me down, like I, I, like I said this at the beginning of the interview, but nobody gets over at my expense. You can try your hardest, but I'm going to laugh in your face. And like I said, I'm going to stab you in the jugular. Nobody, nobody bites harder than Trevor Outlaw. Well, Trevor, we like to ask a question here, and it's a really great question. Hot just, make sure, just make sure that it's actual words. Oh. I'm not going to ask the question because you know what? I'd probably screw it up, and I'd probably call you like Tim Tebow or some other college amazing football Good. player. And you know what? Shame on me. Shame uh, on me. Shame, yeah, shame on you for sure. Hey, hey Freeland. I could call Trevor the Rock, and it still wouldn't be nowhere near what Mr. Outlaw is. So, but anyways, hot tub time machine. You can go back in the time to any wrestling match you want. Take somebody out and put yourself in the match. What match is it and why? Wait, what? Hot tub time machine. <laughs> Go back into time to any wrestling match you want. That I won. Yeah. Anything. No, no, a, no. A, any match you you want to you want to go see. Take oh, some. I you said one like that. I no, won. no, no. It's like that, that I went to. No, no, no. In history, any of them. Any you know, wrestling match that I've any, ever seen. Yes, you can and take I somebody out and put yourself in that match to make it ten times better. Ooh. Oh, okay. Now I get your question. You you prefaced it a little weird, but that's actually a good question. It's okay. Unique. I like that. Brownie points. Brownie points for the uniqueness of the question, but eh, piss poor execution per per usual. Ooh, I would probably have to say take out CM Punk versus John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011 and put me in because I was there and the energy in that place for our hometown guy that everybody else hated, but in that building, he was he was the most loved person there. And to take the WWE title away from, from the poster boy of, of the company. Oh, there you can't and, and to ruin and to ruin the chairman's day knowing that he's trying to screw you over and you still took his title. Oh, there's nothing there's nothing more satisfying than that. Like vindication is is my love language. Man, I actually loved that whole feud, like the whole CM Punk, him when the. I just don't understand how the heck they messed it up, letting him come back so soon. I would have kept CM Punk with the title off to close the Survivor Series. And then when people forgot about him, bam, then you get that shock value. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like. They would have stripped him, and then somebody else's title reign would have counted for X amount of months until he came back. Like, I'm sure if they weren't going to do that, maybe. But since they did that tournament the next week, it's like, no, like, come back and like show that you're top dog, and then make them pay you twice as much as you originally asked for because you know that they won't survive without you. It's good business. It's good business. Trevor, I do want to ask you this, and, uh, you know, since we've had a, a conversation that's involved vocabulary and certain words, I'm going to put the, uh, the onus on you, another word. If you had to pick five words 
that describe Trevor Outlaw. What are those five words? Handsome, athletic, smart, well-spoken, and beautiful. Couldn't have said it better myself. You couldn't have, even if you tried. I shouldn't even try at this point. Well, Trevor, we want to sit there and thank you for taking some time and blessing us with your presence. Yeah, you know, my presence is a present. So where can people sit there and find you? Where can people get the merch? Where can people, you know, go watch your matches at? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm everywhere now. Um, you can find me at the Trevor Outlaw on all social media platforms, mostly just Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm not going to use TikTok because I'm not a five-year-old um, and I'm not a middle-aged housewife that is has nothing better to do. So no TikTok. Um, buy my stuff. You know, people have sent me videos of them peeing on it, lighting it on fire, you know, buying it ironically, whatever. Just shell your money over to me. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Trevor Outlaw. Um, I think the shoots are on there too. I don't know how that works, but, um, you know, for however many dollars I'll cut a promo on you. Um, I'm probably going to raise the price on that eventually anyway, because honestly, like there's my time is invaluable to a lot of these bozos. So yeah, that's, that's, that's it though. You know, you can find me, um, you know, if you've got Google, just Google Trevor outlaw and you know, you'll find me on there too. So do you have any uh, any matches coming up? You wanna you wanna push out there? Of the I've opponents? got a lot. Yeah, I've got a lot. Um, at the time of this recording, I have a match coming up against Eric Cannon at AWF in Minnesota. Um, I'm gonna be a busy bee uh, all out weekend. I will be Friday the third of September. I will be wrestling on the Freelance Wrestling Show. Um, the next day, Saturday the fourth of September, I will be wrestling for Black Label Pro. Both of those are part of the Second City Summit. The following week, Freelance Wrestling makes its return to Logan Square Auditorium. I will be there. Uh, September 18th, Berwyn Championship Wrestling. September 25th, Freelance Underground. I'm going to be in a lot of places. Those are just like the, the, the local ones that I can think of, but I'll be all over the place. People, I would say the best way to find out, follow me on Twitter or Instagram. And you'll find out where I'm going. So don't uh, don't hop on the bandwagon when it's too late. Well, Trevor, we want to sit there and thank you for coming on. Would there be any chance that we could beg you to come back on for a part two sometime? Um, there's going to be stipulations for sure. You know, I think there was a lot of things. And, you know, I'll send you guys my notes afterwards of things that you guys could have done better, where I think you guys should improve um, overall with your guys' show. And, you know, if you guys can meet my demands yeah i'll come back but if not then you better you better treat this one as your holy grail let's hope we're not one and done there rid well it's, if you show up on time wow why does it have to come back to me all of a sudden uh -huh. because on time is late early is on time you know what Touche. See, everyone says trevor all you're such a prick but you know what i'm, I'm a good guy i'm a professional you just call it as it is, and I you're honest, is, and if people can't take it, well, then that's their problem. Absolutely. So, well, Trevor, I want to thank you for coming on, and like everybody said, follow him on Twitter, Instagram, buy that man's merch. Yeah, you don't care. All. I still can't believe people have the balls to, to buy your merch and then piss on it. 
hey, they gave they shelled over their money. They can do whatever the hell they want with it at that point. That stuff's going to be collector's items in five it years. Is. It is. And, you know, I, when I was a kid, I made the dumb mistake of uh, trading in a Pikachu Nintendo 64 for a GameCube. And boy, did that blow up in my face. It's the same way these bozos, you know, they, they, they want to defile my merch now, but it's going to be worth thousands upon thousands of dollars later. So probably even millions. So... Trevor, be good, my friend. Best of luck to everything, even though you don't need it because you are the outlaw. We will talk to you down the road, my friend. Sounds good, gentlemen. Take care. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Wow. Tell you what, I got to up my game. I really do. I tell you what, you know, I, I thought I was decent, but no. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Freeland, you wasn't here. I had to do the uh, introduction. Yeah. I only got a five and a half out of ten. I had to redo the introduction of him because you oh. weren't here. Oh, gee. I, I didn't know I put you into that kind of a situation. Yes. I would use the phrase precarious, but I I, I think that I might uh, might lose a few teeth if I did. Hey, hey, with you here, I could have at least got a six and, six and a half instead of five and a half. Well, your looks already go up when I'm sitting here, right? Anyways. Never mind. Never mind. The only good-looking man is Trevor Outlaw himself. Guys, I'm telling you right now, he's full of charisma. He has got the confidence, the swagger. He's got everything that you're looking for in a star. You know, there's some people that just have it. And there's some people who strive to have it. But there's a big difference between those who strive and those who are just born with it. And I think Trevor Outlaw is somebody who just, he just has it. Man, and if you have the opportunity, I'd definitely check him out. Me personally... I, when, I, when I was a little bit younger, I loved the flips. I, I love the guys that just did flips. But now when I'm older, I like a guy that can just, what'd you say? Bam, sucker punch right in the mouth. The guys that oh. come straight forward right at you. They can talk the talk, but guess what? I can back it up too. Well, I mean, that's a man's man right there. You, you can you can watch this flippy-dippy stuff, you know, the Cirque du Soleil stuff. Go out to Vegas if you want to see that stuff. But if you want to see somebody step up to you, like he said before, he owns rental property inside your mind. So right now, at that point, you're already pretty much beat. But then at the point where he puts boots to your face, you're really going to find out right now, this was a bad, bad career choice for me. So, well, Freeland. Yes. Another great uh, future stars now. Well, in the I, books. Here's the deal. He is a star star now. He doesn't even fall into the category of future. He got up, he woke up, and he was just ready to go off to the races. So you have to respect that. But I would love to see him and Darius Carter in a uh, in a promo off. I think that, my friend, would be something that people would pay large sums of money for. Well, well Freeland, did you get your tickets? Not yet. Why? They're not sold out, are they? Oh, oh, they're almost sold out. I got my tickets all aboard the Trevor Outlaw train. You got to hop on now because if not... Woo. You're going to be on the outside looking in. Freeland, maybe you should I, st stay on the outside. I already feel like I'm the caboose. I tell you what, I should be a guy throwing the coal in there to keep it going because I need to know my place. So. Trevor Trevor Outlaw is the man, guys. All kidding aside, please follow him on all forms of social media. Buy his merchandise. Support him at Pro Wrestling Tees. And make sure that you stay on top of where he is going to be to make sure that you do not miss what is going to be an instant classic every single time he walks through that curtain. Ritster, it has been a pleasure. You are a gentleman and a scholar, even though you're follically challenged. And I appreciate you holding it down while Spectrum 
I'm going to have to cut a promo on Spectrum. Gave me issues this evening. Freeland, I'll pay the money. We're going to go on, get Trevor Outlaw to cut a promo on Spectrum for you. I would love that. And you know what? Mr. Outlaw. That's all I'm going to say. Mr. Outlaw. I have nothing but the utmost respect for you. And please well, don't hurt me. We're going to see you guys on Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. Future Stars Now, 9 o'clock. FRM Pod, 10 o'clock. Hitting up the panel. I am the Rit. I am the occasionally late Mike Freeland. And we will catch you next week. We'll talk to you then. Take care.